Come on, if the Lord reigns over everything in your life, why don't you lift your hands to him? Magnify him. Thank him for being that kind of God to you. Come on, lift up your voice today and give the Lord a shout of praise. Worship him today. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. 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 What a great spirit of the Lord we feel today. Thankful that you are here on this Sunday morning. And what a tremendous week that we have had. Blessed of the Lord. Not only our youth, but adults have come home challenged and inspired, ready to do more than what we have ever done for the kingdom of the Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles today and would like to turn with me to the book of Psalm chapter 27, and I'm going to read a few verses out of Psalm 27. Amen. Glad to have Brother and Sister Tapia home with us today. Amen. He was under the pressure of 34,000 beady eyes looking down at him this week. Amen. He did a great job. Amen. Psalm 27, and I'm going to pick up with verse number one. Glad to have my uh, brother and my sister-in-law and my niece with us today. We uh, always are glad to have them, along with all of our other guests that are with us today. Amen. And I heard through the grapevine that we've got some folks from Canada uh, way up in Alberta that my wife ministered to a few weeks ago that are going to be in service with us tonight. So we're excited about that. Amen. Amen. Psalm 27. And I'm going to just start with verse number one from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. Mm. In the secret place of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up on a rock. And now mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Somebody give the Lord praise today. Because we have nothing to fear. Come on, magnify the name of Jesus today. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you today, God. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Speak to somebody before you're seated today. There's a guest next to you. Welcome them to the house of the Lord. We're glad you're here today. Amen. Why don't you ask your neighbor a question as you're seated today and just ask him, what are you afraid of? What, what are you afraid of? Now, I know you macho men are afraid of nothing. Perhaps if I asked the question today, what you're afraid of, I'm guessing that I would get a lot of different comments that would come from some of you. I'm, I'm just thinking that most likely, uh, even by the response in Sister Cheryl's office this morning, when she jumped up from her desk and ran around to the front side and said, I don't know what it is back there, but I think it's a big spider. Now, how many of you have a little fear of spiders? That would cause, see, I see a lot of hands now. Uh, now. Now, this is a hard one for you men particularly, but, but come on, let's be honest because we're in the house of the Lord and the eyes of the Lord go to and fro and is watching very carefully. How many of you are afraid of the dark? Oh, four honest people in the whole room. Jesus, right now, help these, help these dishonest folks. We had a little conversation at the table the other day, and we were talking about it, and I'm not necessarily afraid of spiders. I don't want them crawling on me. I'm, I'm not afraid of them. I, I'll, I'll take care of them. I'm going to step on them if I see them and if I can get to them. But there is a little something that I may be a little afraid of, and I've had a couple of encounters, two or three encounters. I'm not going to take the time to share with you, but I am afraid of snakes. Mm -hmm. We're apostolic Pentecostals, but ain't no snakes going on up in here. Mm -mm. Lord, have mercy. I don't want nothing to do with no snakes. I don't want a snake. The only good snake that I've ever seen is a dead snake. Now, I know people that have snakes for pets. I pray if, if you're here today, God help you. Lord, have mercy. Give you a revelation of truth. In Jesus' name. Mm. I don't want anything to do with snakes. I've had a few encounters with snakes. You know, when I think about fear and what, what we're afraid of, fear actually is probably one of the most crippling elements of our lives. Fear, fear will keep us from accomplishing. Fear will keep us from attempting. Fear will keep us from moving. When people are afraid, I've, I've often tried to figure out why it is when somebody gets afraid, they stop. Like if I'm afraid, I want to run. Get away from whatever it is. I want to front. Uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt made a very famous statement and when I start it, you're all going to be able to finish it. He said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Because it may be that the most fearsome thing that we will ever deal with in our life is fear. Because fear will cripple you. Did you know that one in every five things that Jesus said to his followers was for them to refuse to be afraid. He would say take courage, to have courage, to take heart, to be of good cheer. He was constantly telling them there needs to be something that gives no sign that you are afraid. 
It was Jesus Christ's most common command, fear not. This is serious business with Jesus because the one statement that he made more than any other was be not afraid. He didn't say try not to be afraid or act like you're not afraid. He gave clear command that we were not to fear. It's not optional. He said, I don't want you to be afraid. Fear not. So to say that his word is in me, yet for me to be afraid, for me to be fearful and unbelieving, is a contradiction of the highest order. Fear is not of God. Fear is a spirit, and it didn't come from God. For clarification, before I get any deeper in this text today, the scripture said that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that is the modern translation that gives us the fear of the Lord. When we say the word fear, we think to be afraid. Actually, in its original text, that phrase and that word fear is speaking of the reverence of the, of the Lord, not being afraid. It's speaking of the reverence of God. Reverencing and honoring God is the beginning of wisdom. But fear, as in being afraid, is never of God. Fear is a spirit that never came from God. It, I, I have not given you, the Lord said, I have not given you the spirit of fear. If you're afraid of something, it is not of God. God hates fear. Now, I'm not talking about fear of spiders, fear of snakes, fear of the dark, fear of water, whatever your fear may be. But today, I want to talk about you, to you about being fearful of whatever it is that God has spoken into your life and whatever it is that God is urging you to do for the kingdom of God. People are crippled by fear. Fear of failure. Fear that it can't come to pass. Fear that I'll make a mistake. God wants us to know that He is not in the fear business and He doesn't want His children living in fear. He wants us living in perfect love. I like to call it walking by faith. Fear comes from Satan. Uh, If the Bible said that if you resist the devil, that he will fear, he will flee from you. So I have to stop and ask myself the question, why am I afraid of a spirit that will run at the mere Word of resistance of speaking the name of Jesus. Why am I afraid of a spirit whose author is afraid of the name of Jesus? Now here's John's thoughts on the subject. He said, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out all fear. God doesn't want us to be fearful. God hates fear. He said, I won't let you into heaven with fear and unbelief. He wants us to understand that He and His Word and His name is bigger and greater and more powerful than anything that this earth can possibly ever do to you. So if you can eradicate fear and replace it with faith, there is nothing that is impossible with you. Yesterday at dinner, I sat with my brother and with brother uh, 
Brandon Newcomer and our families were all there. We were in a discussion and talking about our upbringing. And my brother and I was sharing some of the things that uh, was put in us as children that we were never taught to be afraid, never taught that, uh, 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 never to allow a challenge to cripple us. And, and, and we, we were talking about some of these things. And I think there are certain things that af- affect us beyond where we are that uh, come from maybe our upbringing, maybe the life's experiences, things that we have been through that, that cause us to be afraid. Uh, sometimes it's that people tell you you're never going to accomplish anything. I had a man look at me one time and tell me, you're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to accomplish anything. I had a man early in my ministry look at me and tell me, if you walk out of the doors of an office with a decision that I'd made, he said, your ministry will end here. I I was filled with fear. I trusted his word. I thought that he was speaking into my life. But I come this morning to tell you that whatever it is that God spoke to you, whether you were at Youth Congress or not is not really a, a matter whether God has spoken to you in the last week, the last month, or the last year. When God spoke something into your life, it was most likely fear that kept you from fulfilling whatever it was that God had spoken into your life. I wonder what would happen. I'm not talking about today. This message today may not cause a, a revival to break out and you to be running out. And and, 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 and and swinging off the ceiling today. But what I'm telling you today can change your future and can change what God is wanting to do in your future. If you would get fear out of the equation and you would put fear aside and you would begin to say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I will not allow fear to cripple me, fear to hold me captive, fear to hold me down but I will walk in faith. Your fear is in opposition of God. Your fear is emphatically denying His claim to having all power in heaven and in earth. For those of us who name His name and who have His Spirit in us and have experienced His might and His power, when we're fearful and unbelieving, when we're without faith, it's not just difficult, but the Bible says it is impossible to please God. I heard a very popular preacher say one time, as our awe of God grows, our fear of life will diminish. No wonder the psalmist said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? He said, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do 
to me because I know that God is on my side. I'm trying to get through to somebody in this place today. To be afraid is an absence of faith in God and His ability and His desire to keep us and to stand up on His Word with the surety. We question God. But I dare somebody today to make up in your mind, I refuse to allow fear to stop me, to cripple me, to hinder me, to hold me captive. I will take a bold step of faith. It affects the kingdom of God because it causes us to to cease trusting God for our daily bread. It it makes men look to fleshly means to make it in life. We stop giving financially when we're afraid that our finances are going to collapse. We, 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 We stop worshiping when we're afraid. We stop giving when we're afraid. Fear stops us from sacrificing. Fear stops us from committing. Fear stops us from following through on something that we know was from the Lord. And that, my friend, is the way that fear prevents revival and church growth from happening. We become afraid to witness, afraid to testify, afraid to speak a word of faith, afraid to tell somebody what God has done in your life. We become afraid of of hearing no, afraid of being rejected. And it's going to happen once in a while because not everybody is going to rejoice in what God has done or is doing in your life. But I come today to tell you that if you play it safe and let fear rule your life, you will never accomplish Anything that God has in your life. Unmistakably, we're taught in the Bible again and again in both Testaments that the just shall live by faith. If you're going to survive in this world, it's not going to be by sight. It's not going to be by education. It's not going to be by wealth. If you survive in this life, it's going to be by faith. The just shall live by faith. Fear undermines faith. Fear sabotages faith. Fear smothers faith. Fear destroys faith. If you, the Bible says it like this, you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father, and the Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs, with Jesus Christ. If our lives are characterized by fear, then we know that this did not come from God. And we know as well that apparently our adversary, the devil, Satan, has managed to influence us. We see that he has an open door and has gained access into our lives by fear. He is holding us hostage by fear. He has crippled us by fear. He has hindered us by fear. He has detained us by fear. And we're blaming everything and everybody. We're saying it's because opportunity's not coming my way. We're saying and it's because pastor's not giving me the chance. It's because a Sunday school teacher is not giving my little one an opportunity. But I come today to tell you it's because we're refusing to take a bold step of faith and declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I may fail in the midst of it, but I'm going forward by faith. 
when you have fear, it's, not, it's because we don't accept whatever settled truth there is in God's Word. The Scripture said that His Word is forever settled in heaven. Therefore, if we have a Word from Scripture that we can cling to, there's no reason to have any fear. Because God will cling and be faithful to His Word. Isaiah asks rhetorically in Scripture, To whom will you liken unto God? What likeness will you compare unto Him? Have ye not known? Have ye not heard? Hath it not been told you from the beginning? Have ye not understood it from the foundation of the earth? It is He that sitteth in the circle of the earth. Come on and say it with me. God is in charge of everything. Hast thou not known, he says, hast thou not heard that God, the Lord, the everlasting God to the ends of the earth fainteth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching in his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, to them that, that not might he increase their strength. The youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is just how God said he wants us to live. To live not fearful but be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. I don't know where to go. Just trust in the Lord. He's got it. He'll direct your path. The issue is, is that we take our cues from life and from people around us. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from. The stout arm of the workman is going to eventually grow weary. Wrinkles are ultimately going to spoil the most beautiful of faces. The graceful form of youth is going to bend into a tottering shell of its youth until finally there is a grave. And the actor is ultimately going to have to leave the stage. The man of youthful genius will become a madman and will eventually lose his ability to think the orator's tongue is eventually going to fail him but God said I am God and I change not my point to you this morning is that whatever God said he's going to do he is able to accomplish it today just as much as he was able to accomplish it when the writer wrote it a couple of thousand years ago if God said it he's able to perform it The Lord is saying, I can't get any weaker. I will not get any weaker. And at his very weakest moment on the cross, he was still stronger than the fear of death. Mm. If we could just get a glimpse of what the scripture is trying to tell us, God is greater than your circumstances. 
God is greater than your present situation. I've seen people walk in with fear on their face, not knowing what they're going to do, not knowing if it's ever going to be a possibility. Oh, I can talk about understanding what it is when fear looks you in the face and, and, and you don't know where the next move, what next move you're going to make. I well remember 18 years ago when my wife and I were at the hospital and the doctors walked down the hall with me and looked at me and said, you're twin boys. I won't even make a statement about them. I won't even give you any idea of whether I'm not giving you any percentage chance for the first 24 hours. He said, if they make it past 24 hours, then I'm going to give you a 50-50 chance that they make it. He said, if we can get past 72 hours, he said, I'm going to have a better handle on things and know better what to do. I had to slide away by myself. I didn't know what to do. I was losing my mind. I didn't know which way to turn. I didn't know what was coming ahead of me. I didn't know where I was. I didn't have a word to speak. I was clinging to anything and everything. I felt like a lost child in the middle of a wilderness. I was crying out for help. I was crying out to God. I didn't know what to do, but I said in that arena on Thursday night is my boy that the doctor said was going to be blind, said was going to be behind the rest of the crowd, said may not ever be able to finish high school. I watched him a few weeks ago walk across that stage right in the middle of his class. I watched him walk on a stage of 34,000 people with three other anointed young men and begin to play that organ skillfully. Today he's in St. Louis or down in Springfield, Missouri. I came today to tell you that my God is bigger than my fear. My God is greater than your circumstance. My God is greater than whatever the doctor says to you. My God is bigger. My God is greater. My God is able. Oh, somebody give him a shout of praise. Glory. My Lord. My Lord, my Lord. Some of you know a little bit about this story. My brother yesterday shared a little bit with me, gave me some details that I had even missed. My little niece named Madeline, she's a sweet little girl. How old is she, Gary? Eight, seven, eight years old, eight years old. My great niece Madeline, Gary's granddaughter, was born eight years ago, severely premature. I think she weighed about one pound when she was born. My wife and I flew into Houston. We received the phone calls and they said, this doesn't look good. It looks like that she's not going to make it. She was in Texas Children's Hospital, one of the best hospitals. Some of the best doctors that we have in the world. They did a brain scan. My brother reminded me yesterday that they came in, put the pictures up on the screen. 
And this brain surgeon that understands the details of human anatomy and the functions of the human brain looked at my niece and her husband and my brother and the other family members that was there. And he took his little marker and he said, see this area of the brain. It controls this and it controls that. It controls eyesight and it controls speech. and It controls this and that. This whole area of the brain is completely dead. He said, now look at this area of the brain. It controls all of the rest of the functions of the human body. And he said, it is dying. He said, please stop torturing your baby. The best thing that you can do at this moment is just let this baby, let us put the baby in your arms and let us disconnect this machine and let's just let nature take its course and let this baby be relieved from a lifetime of agony and pain. And in her short lifespan, she's never going to be normal, never going to be able to function. Never going to have brain capacity. She is better off for you just to follow the path that I'm speaking to you. I'll never forget what my niece said. She said, when the doctor said, this is what all the medical books say. There is no way to reverse this. The medical books say there's no way to turn this around. The medical books say that this is impossible. My little sweet niece looked at that doctor and said, but my book says that God is a healer. Would you just give us one more day and let us pray and the next day the doctor comes in and says well there's an ever so slight improvement and she would say can I have one more day and the next day they would come in and say, there's been a slight amount of improvement, but we never see recovery. You need to listen to the doctor should say, give God one more day. Today she's in school. <laughs> Today she's walking. She's about the sweetest thing you could ever see. I wish she was here this morning because I'd have little Madeline come up with me on the platform. I saw her picture on the stage in a Sunday school class as she's singing with a Sunday school class and giving God praise. Fear would say stop here and don't go any further. But faith says give me one more day. Give God one more chance. Give God one more hour. Get God.
don't say no today. Somebody needs to say it. Yes to the Lord. Yes to another day. Yes to another opportunity. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. I got about four pages of notes left to preach. But the Holy Ghost is wanting to minister to somebody in this house today that feels like you're crippled by fear. Fear is holding you bondage. Fear is holding you captive. But today the word of the Lord comes and says fear not. What are you afraid of? God's got it. God's able. He's more than able. He can save to the uttermost. He will turn your darkness into light. He will turn your mourning into joy. Come on somebody. Give him praise today. Come on, you ought to be giving God high praise in the house. Whoever I'm talking to, you need to push beyond the fear that's holding you where you are. Let those knuckles loose from that pew that you're holding on to. Why don't you step out from where you are today and say, I gotta go. I gotta give him praise. I gotta give him another chance. I gotta say, today's my day. My healing's coming. My help is coming. My hope is coming. I got confidence. God's gonna see me through whatever's been holding me down God's going to see me through come on now fear wants you to stop fear wants you to give up fear wants you to say it's never going to happen Fear wants you to say it was just a pipe dream. But faith speaks this morning and says, My God shall supply all your needs. My God is able. My God is able. My God is a healer. My God is a way maker. I hear the voice of the enemy today saying, but this pastor don't know. He doesn't know deep in my heart what I'm dealing with. I feel faith so strong in this room right now that if you'll just lift up your hands toward heaven and you'll begin to turn it over to the Lord and begin to say, God, the battle is not mine. It belongs to you. If he's able to look at a thief on the cross that deserved everything that he was getting and say this day you'll be with me in paradise. I want to tell you today that it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've been involved in. It doesn't matter how dark your night seems to be. I come today to tell you he's able to forgive. The blood of Jesus is greater than anything you've ever done. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than any sin that has ever been able to stain your life. The blood of Jesus is wanting to work today. I feel an anointing in the house right now. Nobody ought to be by themselves. You ought to take somebody by the hand and you ought to start speaking a word of faith in prayer right now. God wants to do a work in somebody's life today. Come on, fear's got to go. Fear has got to go. I will walk by faith even when I can't see. I'm walking by faith. 
I'm walking by faith. I'm walking by faith. I'm walking by faith. I can't see my way, but faith says take a step. I don't know how, but faith says do it anyway. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge Him. God is able. He's able. Come on, that's it. He's able. Somebody let faith out right now. Somebody let faith out right now. He's able. He's able. He's able. Somebody's help's coming today. Somebody's help is coming today. He's able. He's able. He's able. 